Welcome to the Wine and Shuffle, the Inverness Catalonian Thistle FC fan podcast. The podcast that is having an exclusive, wide-ranging chat with ICT CEO Scott Gardner, analysing the past season, looking forward to the coming campaign, and talking about everything from singing sections to season tickets, pies to players, and Duran Duran to Cog and Doran. It almost worked. Let's shuffle. Down the Lachman, in the rain, feeling metal, Greg Welcome one and all to the summertime, finally. I'm Andrew Moffat and joining me today for the summer session, look back at 21-22 and a discussion on all things ICT FC is we're all going on a summer holiday. Andrew Young. Hello. Cruel summer, Stevie Riley. Hello. And summer madness, Scott Gardner. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's 22 degrees in Inverness at uh, 7 o'clock. What more could you want? Well, you know, thanks again for uh, for joining us. Summer madness is by Cool and the Gang. So d- does that... Does that sum up this point in your calendar uh, every year, and perhaps even more so this year with the concerts going on? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, um, as I kidded on earlier on, uh, it's very stressful. Um, the 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 concerts are uh, what shall we say? We're at the tickly bit. So the stage was being delivered today, and. Um, the pitch covering was going was going to partly going down to allow us to build the stage, and um, we were just putting up a GoPro so that we can use that, you know, and, and get some great footage uh, from the main stand uh, for the for the thing going up and getting built. But it's it's probably super stressful, and and it feels like yesterday that the season finished. Um, so there's certainly been no break. There's certainly it's not. I'm not particularly a cool in the gang fan. I was listening to Black Sabbath as I was driving uh, there. But um, for me, uh, the it's it's the busiest busiest time busiest time. Okay, well we've got a lot to get through, so we'll kick off with a look back at last campaign. We'll we'll chat to Scott about the season that almost was before focusing on some key issues ahead of the new season and the football club in general going forward. And and this isn't even the preview pod. Um, you listeners have still got that to look forward to, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. So season 21-22, I, I can't remember, someone said to me, but you know, you've only got 30 seconds, so could you summarise it in poetry form? I said, no problem. So 1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-3-0-0-0-2-1. Win six out of the first seven games, thought no one. Then we're two wins from seven for the 6-1 Morton Demolition Heaven and 11 games without a win. Some people, not, not pod people, are saying Dodsey get in the bin. Then Arbro 3-0, Ray 3-2. 2-0 pars means three wins on the bounce. We're heading for the playoffs, Dodgy does announce. It's 10 from 15 in the last five games, means a great end. So the playoffs do beckon, but it's not enough for second. Then it's floodlights, Arbroath, Ridgers, Broadfoot, smoking before game one beats Johnston and Reese McAleer fires it in the top of the pokey and for a Monday night 
in McDermott, McDermott Park. Ah, fucked up there. <laughs> it's your bus or a car, but ultimately it's just one game too far. That was just one line too far for me. Uh, does that sum it all up, gents? He minus moth. <laughs> That'll do. Well, listen, oh, well from, from an English teacher, I'll take that. Okay, right, last season. Uh, let's go over this, this season, Scott, before we talk about the club in general. First things first, let's go 12 months, I think let's go 13 months back. Why Billy Dodds? I think it was documented that you interviewed, I think, three candidates. You don't have to confirm that. Why go with a 52-year-old coach who's never managed in his own right before? Um, we, we, You never know when you're going to put out... Um, a job ad- ad- advertisement, which you, ha- which you have to do things properly. It's obviously not my first rodeo. I wasn't the first manager I've ever hired. Um, and you want to do, th- you, see, you want to do things uh, properly and you want to be able to uh, present some excellent candidates to the board. Um, fortunately, we had uh, the unusual position where we had John Robertson, um, an extremely unusual position, where we had John Robertson effectively able to look at incoming candidate applications for what, in fact, was his job. Um, And he deserves a lot of credit for how he kind of dispassionately uh, went around that. Um, I think in the end, we were, I think we were just three short of 100, I think it was 97 applications, around about 97. Um, And we had an inordinate amount of applications from South America for some reason. I have no idea. I've never been at a club before where I've had so many applications from Argentina, Uruguay, uh, Chile, Colombia, um, Peru. I mean, it was preposterous. Uh, uh, not to dis, you know, not to diss any of the candidates who were applying, but as as a club, uh, you know, we've we've looked at in relation to Inverness, people moving to Inverness. It's the hardest thing in the world to get people to move to Inverness. Um, in, who are footballers who've got you know lives and jobs in the central belt, kids at school uh, perhaps, and and that's a challenge. When we got so many South American applications, you know some of which were, you know, two of which were World Cup had World Cup experience. Um, you had to kind. Of, I, I thought I, I thought I was getting uh, pranked uh, at one stage, um, but it must have been around the circuit of uh, South America, but. We felt that that was that was not practical uh, to bring someone in, you know, from such a distance, um, you know, unless their English was as good as Paddington's, a bit topical there, almost topical, um, unless it was good as that. So we went, we had a we had a long list of ten and a short list of five, we got that down to a short list of five. Um, Billy, I asked. Uh, I actually asked Neil McCann, uh, is Billy applying? Um, and let's be honest, I tried everything I could to get Neil McCann to stay. So just to put, to put that on the record, I tried everything I possibly could to get Neil McCann to stay. And I would have been saying Neil McCann and Billy would have been fantastic. Once Neil, you know, had uh, finally, well, I finally had to give up um, and virtually had him up against the wall one night going, stay it, do it, say it, do it, say it. Uh, and he wouldn't. Um, and he could are, you, are, you taller, are you taller than him? I'm much taller than him, but he probably yeah, he could probably take me. To be fair, uh, he's he's always had a good reputation for. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, I think he was going to batter Tommy Wright, so he would certainly take care of me. So um, for for us, um, uh, Billy was certainly a, a, 
uh, an option, but we had to say we had a long list and a short list, and we had a list of, uh, of people who had not managed at all. Uh, so they were coming from other clubs, but they had not been an assistant or a manager, uh, but they had huge potential. Uh, we had um, and a couple of them have since got jobs uh, in Scotland and um, further afield. And then we had uh, people who had managed and uh, uh, Billy was, was the only candidate uh, who had not managed, but obviously we knew, we got to know him uh, very well and, and his thought process and how, and how he was as a coach and how he was respected by the players. But um, that wasn't to say that he was going to get a job by any stretch of the imagination. We had to go through the process properly. And we did that. We had, an, we had a manager from England who, was, who would have been interviewed, but what was offered a job um, at an enormous amount of money. I mean, double the amount of money we were able to pay. Um, and he was, he, was a, you know, he was top three candidate. Um, was interested in the job and had great conversations with him. And then three days before, he was offered a job at double the wage, so he was scrubbed from the list. Can you say who that was? No, but he since... Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that, but he since left his position uh, at that club. So it didn't work out in the end. Um, but um, he was... he was very, You would know the name. Um, and um, But as I say, he got, he got a position. So he was scrubbed off the interview process. And... Um, everyone who we interviewed, uh, obviously Billy got the job. The other people who we interviewed all got jobs. Okay, they all got jobs, and um, but only one of them is still in situ. We we felt, you know, we Billy knew the squad. Uh, we listened to what he wanted to do. Um, he had his here's who I'd like to bring in. Here's who I wouldn't, and. Um, you know, we, we, we said this is, a, this is a huge season and a huge opportunity to get promoted. Uh, can you do it? And looked him dead in the eye and said, can you get, can you, can you get us promoted? And uh, he said, yeah, you could. Uh, and I know you, everyone would say, well, he would say that, wouldn't he? But it was, it wasn't, it was, I'm being flippant by saying that. We kind of talked through different things. So we knew his background. We knew his input. There are, there are, there's assistant managers and there's assistant managers. And he was, he was not your typical assistant manager as such. He was very, very active as a coach, very, very active uh, on a number of different fronts. And I knew that uh, from my own knowledge and from uh, additional due diligence that we did. Um, so, we, so in the end, um, we were pleased and it gave us, and I say it, was not, it wasn't the reason why, but, but in the end, one of the factors was that also, it also, had he not been the right man for the job, we wouldn't got it. But it once, once it actually gave us uh, a little bit of continuity, which was going to help because we had just had a hellish, you know, topsy-turvy, full of turmoil season with Kel and Robbo and um, having to bring in Neil and then having to parachute in Billy. Um, and and the, the run we had was extremely stressful. So it gave us some continuity and, we were, and, and, the, and the board was unanimous and, um, the, the directors were all in the interview process. It wasn't me uh, on my own. Uh, we, had the, 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 we had three of our five-man board uh, and me interviewing. So, as I say, it wasn't, it wasn't a straightforward process, and then that was my uh, decision. And it was, it was all done in Avi Moore to keep us away from the glaring eyes of the paparazzi in Inverness. 
Um, Chalky Chalky gets about, doesn't he? (laughs) Well, it depends what you're talking about. (laughs) But uh, and so we were we were you know we were happy with our decision. I mean, you've already touched on this to some extent, but um, is there anything kind of specific you can point to that really impressed you about Billy Dodds, either in the interview process or maybe when he when he first turned up to to help out Neil McCann? It's positivity. When he first turned up, it's positivity. If we didn't have, if we didn't had a black cloud above us, we had a grey, certainly a dark grey cloud at that time. It was a very difficult time for us with John and Kel situation, and coming into us, we had so many games in hand, and there was there was a real risk. You know, we we did a that we could uh, do a Falker in trap door or or a Dunfermline now um, in trap door. There was a risk of that. I didn't think we would, but there was a risk of it. Um, so Billy's positivity, uh, I would say, is his biggest, biggest um, asset. But in relation to his, like, why, um, as you say, you mentioned his age, um, but we felt, I knew he was, I knew two of the jobs that he was about to get and for some reason did not get as head coach. I know the reason for one of them, the other one I don't know. So we, so sometimes you have to say, you know, in any job or in any position, sometimes you have to say, if not now, when? And why has no one done this before? And sometimes you have to be the person who says, well, we're going, we're, we believe. And, and that's kind of where, where it came to. But it's positivity was the main aspect. And then um, the fact that he hadn't before, so, so does that mean then he never should, you know, and we didn't, I don't, I don't look at things like that. I think you're either the right person or you're not. I don't, I care what's happened in the past, but, you know, there's a time and a place for everybody sometimes. There's a right time and a right place for everybody. Yeah, Scott, looking at the start of the season, I mean, I think it was 19 points out of 21. So as fans, we had our, we had our head in the cloud, we were all excited. And was it hard for you and the, the staff to sort of keep your feet in the ground and not get too carried away? Or did you expect to be a, that there was going to be like a, a, a downturn, maybe not as much as we did, but expect it wasn't going to be all, all roses after that? No, we knew, we knew it was going to be, because you, you know you're going to get injuries. Um, listen, I'm not a football fan like anyone else. My head was in the clouds too, because I'm thinking, this is fantastic. You know, I was kidding. Mom, I, was, I was saying, you know, we're going to be the Invincibles. and uh, we, we, You've got to enjoy those moments, right? You can't, you can't just pretend that we were some, uh, you know, all level-headed and measured. You have to be level-headed in, in your business decisions. And you have to be level-headed in relation to the football club. But my, if your head's not in the clouds, what's the point of doing 12-hour days and, uh, you know, sometimes making yourself ill and not being able to sleep working for the club? You've got to, you've got to enjoy the moments you can enjoy. We weren't, what it didn't affect us, it certainly didn't affect him uh, and the coaching staff is that we set quarterly targets um, in, in relation to uh, if we hit this, t- uh, you know, we had the stats from the last 16, 17 years of how many points it takes to win the league, how many points it takes to be second, uh, and so on. And saying, if we hit that, we should, you know, we'll definitely be in the top three because of 14 of the last 17 years, that got this, that got this. But what we do is we break it down into quarters and and then you've got a target. because that So that means if you're over target in quarter one, You've got some, you've got some play time in your uh, in quarter two of the season. That is, 
And um, so that kind of keeps you grounded. And I've, I've, as I say, I've been there before. I've been uh, won the championship twice uh, with Dundee and Hearts. We did very similar things in both of them. Uh, Dundee won it in the last day of the season, and but we were it was almost bang on the target that we were that we'd set up in the four quarters. Hearts was different because we ran away with it, even though Rangers and Hibs were in the uh, the division, we ran away with it. So you couldn't you couldn't judge it on the Hearts thing, but we were we were we had that all the time. And our bonus system was set up accordingly. We changed the bonus system for the players and we set that up, which was designed because things happen and uh, life happens and injuries happen. So uh, we were in the clouds, but we, but we knew this is quarter one, you know, um, and that, that's, how we, that's how we did it. It wasn't, it was, and we had it on whiteboards and we had it, there was constant reminders. We would, every game, after every game, we would say, right, we're, we're X points behind target and we're X points ahead of target. It was game by game, but it was quarter by quarter how we looked at it. Well, we'll, we'll move on to the, the second or third quarter or the... The, the, I don't, I don't know. Missing quarter. Yeah, the missing quarter. And the 11 games without a win. I think you're quoted as saying you'd had frank words with Dodzy and, and the gaffer. He knew himself what the expectations were, obviously, with your quarters you just discussed there. When did the warning light start flashing? Was it six, seven, eight games in? And, and, and what were your thoughts? Because you obviously yeah, appointed yeah. him because he's positive. But, you know, this is, this is really problematic and people were starting to get antsy. I, I think it gets to, uh, I think it's, this is the case in any uh, club. I think if you get to seven games um, without a win, you are, you're in a position, right? You're in a position that needs addressing. And uh, some clubs, seven games and that, you're seven and out, you know, and, and, and you can, I'll leave you guys to look at the, um, who, who I'm talking about because I don't want to talk about other clubs but some games some clubs are seven and out some it'll, some it'll be eight or nine very rarely uh, very rarely will it be um, 11 that you go um, and so we were the alarm bells were I say we never lost a game by more than one but we were losing games and this was a pattern until the, we were losing games against we were good against the teams in the top four, and we were really our results were really poor against the teams in the bottom four, and that pattern continued. So, six games is the answer to the question. Six six games going into seven, you're it's getting very twitchy, you know. But we're speaking every day, you know. It's not like we were avoiding one another. We're speaking every day. We're speaking for a game after the game, and. Um, and, and it comes a time also, if, what kind of club are you? What kind of club do you? And Inverness, for good or ill, is clearly not a hire them and fire them club. But we, we know what season was, was ill. <laughs> yes. But, but that bit, so, so that's the answer to the question. You got very, from, from seven, you know, six, you got twitchy. From seven, we were, you know, very, very... Um, you know, we were, it was fraught and it was fraught for everyone because we were all in the same. We're all devastated and we're all disappointed. And, uh, but yeah, I, the decision has to come to me and the board. And, and, um, but we kept, but Billy was aware of all, at all times, you know, and like, look at the Thistle game. The Thistle game, you know, we play well and then you lose in the last minute, you know, the, the trigger, you know, is there all the time. But, 
it was it was very measured, but we were very close. And Billy knows that, and and, and everybody knows that because we're sensible people, and we've got a duty of care to the club and the supporters as well as the coaches and, and everyone else. And you've got to balance everything. And so he, he was he wasn't far away. He wasn't far away, was he? He knew he was maybe a game or two if that was going to go 11, 12, 13. Yeah, it, well, I think I think I've already said that. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I've not, if I've not said it tonight, he he was close. It happens. The good thing is it didn't happen, and you know we we we, we hammered our growth on a on a Saturday, and we, we can never look back. And and we, and and I know he respected massively the honesty and the, of of everyone and the board and everyone was all sitting talking. You know, we all wanted them to do it. We all were like, do it. it wasn't like, I've been in situations where I thought, we've got to get rid of this guy. This guy's not. That was not, you know, and I wanted to get rid of the guy previously. That's not where we were in this situation. And we had the other circumstances that, had, had, that he had no control over that had thrown a hand grenade into our season. Yeah. So you had to take... Sometimes there's other circumstances you have to take cognizance of. Yeah, I mean, you refer to those other circumstances, and I know you can sort of, you know, go into specifics about them, but sort of as a, as a human rather than as a chief executive, how did you feel for the, you know, the other people involved, for your employees and, and your, your friends, presumably at the club, you know, when, when all that kind of kicked off? Furious. Furious. Uh, furious, angry, let down, lied to... Um, all these things, um, but we're, we're past them now. But that's uh, as a human being, yeah, uh, and as a CEO, all of these in equal measure. And um, but I say, thankfully, um, that uh, that issue was cut out of the of, of the club. But it, but I spoke to a couple of uh, Premier League managers um, who came to our playoffs because there was three or four of them coming because they thought they might end up playing us. Um, and all of them commented on it and all of them um, said uh, that we handled it well because it, it was an impossible situation to handle, but we ha- that we handled it well. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, easy to handle, but I think we did. And um, as I say, it's, all, it's behind us now. And you know, I've never come across that in... Uh, 20 odd years I've ever been in the, in the game and I hope I never do again. Ascot, you, you touched it earlier on, more positive things. Obviously, we go down to Kamarnock, we beat our whipping boys, who we, we obviously like to win against last season, and then I think we beat our bro 3-0 at home, wasn't it? But was there a sense of indication, obviously, sticking by Dodgy, not, not, not just as a friend uh, and as an employer, but for the fans as well, that we, we've got the right man in the job? Not really. Honestly, not really, Stevie, because um, the... Position as CEO, uh, any club, um, the manager's job is have this job in the, in the club. Every club, manager's job or head coach, whatever you want to call them, is to have this job in the club. In that it is, uh, I think, the loneliest uh, position. No matter what you do, I think it's the loneliest position. Um, but I think, um, as I say, as a, as a CEO, and I've been CEO and CEO, as, as, as that... Um, if you if you get that feeling of, of vindication, I've been vindicated here doing that. Uh, I don't think it's particularly healthy um, because you'll get things wrong, and it doesn't mean to say you know you've made a decision in good faith, and the board made decisions in good faith, and we do make decisions in good faith. I don't think it's healthy to either feel vindicated or 
beat yourself up. You have to, you're in that position to make difficult decisions and you make them and some, you hope most will be right. But there's no point, genuinely no point in going, well, we were right uh, because a, a crazy refereeing decision or a, you know, a fluke of an own goal, a missed kicked corner like at Partick Thistle, a missed kicked, you know, uh, you know, the guy misses the ball and the guy slams it in when we've battered him. Can, that can be the difference between a guy losing his job or not. So, so why would I feel vindicated if it goes the other way? Um, so no, no, not really. But it's a good question, but no. And if you are like that, that's the type of person you maybe are. But I, I, I've just been in it too long to, to think like that. We felt that if we got into the playoffs, we, we were quietly confident that we would take care of the teams in the playoffs. It, the, all, the question always would be, because of the, the, the proximity of the games time-wise, was could we get it over the line? And um, so that, that's what we felt. We felt we would get to the final. Once we qualified, it's not conceded. We felt we had the beating of that Thistle team and we, had the, we certainly had the beating of our both. We played them six times. They scored one goal against us. Yep. And that was, a, that was a free kick. That's, you know, it was a fluke, effectively. So six games, and considering what we felt that we would we would win against Thistle and our growth if we did if we did the way played the way we could, and then it was going to be what could we do in the in the final final. Well, let's talk about these playoff games. Um, were you hoping to go up just so we didn't have to play our growth and and their their football that can make your eyes bleed this coming season? Uh, those two games, I know neutrals that watched those two games and they weren't overly impressed. Uh, was it just a case of of, of get, getting through the Arbroath games? Um, look, Arbroath, Arbroath have got a style and it works and they, they've got second place on merit. Um, we, I went to the, our, our, our last league game against Arbroath, I think it was 0-0. Um, it's the 2nd of January or something. I think, I think, I think it was 0-0. It was the second game we played them in January. Yeah, bad wind. Yeah. And it was, in the, and well, as always, the wind was just horrific. And I remember speaking to Paul Mitchell, the BBC, and uh, and everyone. Uh, Willie Miller was there, and they, they were slaughtering, slaughtering the game, and slaughtering the quality. The wind was was just ridiculous, as it as it regularly is there. And I went, I went home to, on the way home. I was picking up my dog at my parents' um, in uh, Monifeith outside Dundee, and went to. And it was half-time in the Liverpool-Chelsea match. And it was 2-2. And my dad says, oh my God, son, you've got to, don't go straight back to Inverness. You've got to sit and watch the second half. This is the best game I've ever, ever seen. And it was 2-2 at half-time. And it was played on the carpet, you know. And uh, I said to, five minutes into it, I said to my dad, and they were all, they were all salivating, you know, Sky Sports, everyone was salivating about the game. I said, I'd like to see these two teams play at Gayfield. I'd like to see if you would all be saying this is the greatest football, the two greatest teams you've ever seen. Because I, it is very, very difficult to play at growth. Whoever's the manager, whoever's style of football, it's very difficult to play at growth. And, um, and that's just a fact, you know. And um, is, it, is it frustrating from your point of view, or from other chairmen in the league and CEOs uh, of professional foot clubs, what they have achieved this season is frustrating from a 
from a full-time club's point of view? I need to be careful here, right? Because I'm not going to give our growth a kicking, right? The chairman and our board are an excellent group of people. And I really like some of the people at Arbroath. Um, some of the people at Arbroath. Um, but the, the, the myth that they are a part-time club. Arbroath are certainly, some of the players are part-time. Uh, and some of the part-time players are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think, I think uh, some of the players are superb. Tam O'Brien, I think, is as good a defender in the league as, any, as anyone. Um, for all, for all sorts of reasons, I think he's an outstanding player, and they've got some other uh, excellent players who are classed as uh, part-time. And uh, I think our growth's run cost some people their jobs in the championship last season, yep. because boards were looking at it and saying, what's going on here? Um, however, these things happen. It's football. And clubs have runs. You know, I, 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 I will still, you know, do not understand how Leicester beat Spurs to the league, uh, you know, I know I don't, I get nothing against Leicester, but I don't like them now because I thought that was, you know, that was the season we should have won the league That's what, uh, a couple of years ago. But things happen, football happens and, and uh, Arbroath got where they were on merit. They got a lot of great results away from home and, and what they were eight, ten minutes away, just about, at Kilmarnock, um, from setting themselves up to win the league uh, at home in the last day of the season. So you can't knock them. I think the run got... To answer your point, is that I think the run got uh, some people their their, their books uh, during the season um, because people were saying, "How can that happen?" Yeah, um, it, that's not how we operated, but uh, and we didn't think that way either. But that it had a big impact on a load of clubs, a load of clubs. Yeah, looking on at the Saints game, obviously we, we know obviously it just I'm not going to say it was one game too far, but probably 45 minutes too hard, and obviously. We know what happened. Dodgy rolled the tactics in the first game and it came out snake eyes. And uh, other, than that, other than that, probably just didn't have enough for the, a big, probably a big time players to turn up in the second half. But that could be down to fatigue, obviously. But looking at playoff system is as a whole, is there, is, is there something that we can look to sort of change this sort of ridiculous sort of idea that it's all weighted towards the, the top league staying up? I know it's a close shop and uh, we probably had missed a chance, what, two years ago to look at reconstruction. But is there any appetite from out with the Premier League to, to bring this up again? No, I, I, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll come up again. I don't think it'll get changed. I don't think it'll ever get changed. Um the time to do it was at the time when we when we got uh, a, a sort of form of reconstruction in bringing in the playoffs. And uh, the vote I, I wanted to uh, I think there was only one club that that uh, I was arguing for a a one off final like you have in England. And um, I was at Dundee at the time, and uh, we were the only club who wanted that. Everyone, I was in the Premier League, we were in the Premier League, and we were the only club arguing for a one-off final. It was, it'll never happen. Uh, and honestly, uh, painfully, I think it's a waste of breath. It'll never happen. We're going to win the league or be the system, but the system won't change. All right, well, that that was season 21-22. Um, after all the, the COVID nonsense, and bearing in mind you had your own health issues as well last season that we appreciated, Scott, and it's good to see you back at work. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy getting back into it? Did you enjoy the season as a whole? Did you enjoy the football? Did you enjoy the football club? As much as ever. As much as ever. So there's ups and downs. The downs are um, can be brutal and keep you awake. And uh, 
things that happen uh, are the same. Um, the feeling, uh, say, going back to Stevie's point at the beginning, uh, you know, and, and yourself saying at the beginning of the season, had you, the, your head was in the clouds. The feeling in, at the end of the match, the first leg fight of the final, um, was worth everything during the season. And um, and at half time in Perth, just as well I didn't, because I would have bet my life we had them. I thought we had them. And so, and the feeling going down, and the, you know, over 2,000 uh, supporters going down on a Monday night with no way of getting there other than, it was, I drove down with John Robertson. Well, he drove. Um, it was just, that's worth all the stuff because we were nearly, you know, we had a chance. So that stuff is worth it because we'd come so kind of far together. Um, it was worth it. So it's as enjoyable and not enjoyable as most seasons are, unless you're romping away with the league. Um, being honest, Andrew. It's, um, but at the end, it was worth it for that. But it was de- it was devastating because we were that close. I don't think it was a game too far. I think it was just a couple of minutes of lapse of com- concentration that that did for us. Because even after that, as Vaz scores with 15 minutes to go, you know, we felt we get one, we'll, we'll be the same. We'll go and get, we'll go and get another one. This didn't happen. And um, I was annoyed with the result in the end because someone tuning in and looking at that with a, saw something that just was not. Um, so, so it gives you the, you have to use that to galvanise to say, right, well, we're going to go and win it next season. So we don't get have to go through all the six games and uh, to get there. Yep. Well, let's do it all again. Dorrit slides it through for Austin Samuels. Real chance on here for Austin Samuels, and that's number two. Look at that. Right, Scott, something uh, we do with some of the guests, we get on quick fire five. I'm going to fire five quick questions at you, and first thing that comes into your head, okay? You don't have to give any long answers if you don't want to. You don't have to elaborate. What first thing comes into your head? What would you be doing if you weren't at ICT? I would be working uh, with my own production company, putting on events, uh, as I was doing happily um, before um, I got a phone call to come up to Inverness for 12 weeks. Uh, what is the best thing about being ICT CEO? The people in the club, uh, I think, is is the best thing. Your favourite Cali Hissel player um, during your time at the club in the last three years? I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I have one. Um, I'll, 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 I'll say who surprised me the most: Kurt Broadfoot. Uh, so, so I wouldn't say he's my favourite player, but he's the man who totally changed my opinion. Uh, is Kirk. Worst away day. Controversial. Well, it's different for a fan from a I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, Morton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very different from us. We, I think that'd be our best. Uh, okay, last one. Person at ICT who has impressed you most during your time at the club? That could be anybody involved with the football club or around the football club. 
I will say this name because she's leaving us and we are extremely disappointed. Uh, as I said to you, I think the people at Cali, is the, it's the reason I stayed. It's the reason I want to be successful because I want to make the club safe and prosperous for the, the people that are, that are here and that have been here through good and bad, um, mainly bad in the last few years. Um, but Christine, um, wow. who, who's leaving us uh, after 10 years, uh, has been sensational. So because she's leaving us, as I say, I, there's other people in the club that are outrageously uh, committed uh, and quality people. But Christine's about to leave us, and I'm super sorry to see her go, uh, and, but I understand completely uh, why she has to. And we, 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 so I would, I would say that to Christine Fraser. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers! Okay, the new season will focus on signings and comings and goings in the upcoming preview pod. But let's briefly talk about talk a little bit about signings, because everybody wants to hear about signings. Um, over to Mr. Young. Okay, so because you didn't really know if we were going to be, you know, which league we were going to be in, did you have a kind of list of Premier transfer targets and then another list of Championship transfer targets? And how many, if so, how many on each? How far did you get to talking to some of them? And do you think any of those players who you initially envisaged as being potential Premiership players, you could still get, even though we're going to be in the Championship next season? Um, the first answer is yes. We had two. We were running two budgets and two um, two lists. Um, so yes, we were. Um, it's very difficult to do that, um, but as I say, I've done it before. Um, yeah, yeah. You almost have to. Well, hopefully, you have to do that every year because you're either you're either in you're in the mix, so you kind of have to run it. To um, it's as I say, it's more difficult. And I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's a fact. I've never experienced anything like this in geography being an issue. Never. Normally, you're just negotiating with a player. Is the wage right? Is the you know? Does the manager like them? Do they like the team? Only in Inverness is geography a factor. I've never had a club where geography was a factor in uh, signing a player. So that that that's one of the things that one of the main factors that stops us getting players. Um, however, we did have a list. We probably had um, uh, three or four um, that we'd been speaking to. Um, of those three or four. I think two of them, in relation to the Premiership, talking about others we had on the list, but we hadn't spoken to them. Um, of those three or four, I think two of them had said, you know, it's, it's not about, it doesn't matter if we get promoted or not. And as soon as we weren't, uh, all of a sudden they didn't fancy coming to Inverness. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, they'll remain uh, nameless. Scott, Scott, on that one, sort of jumping anyway, on, and I've said this in the pod for a couple of years, do you find it's harder to get West of Scotland or Central Belt play-based Scottish players to move up north than it is to get English boys because of the sort of preconceived notion, notion down here that Inverness is too far away? 100%. 100%. It's much easier, much easier to get players from England and Ireland than it is from the Central Belt and the West Coast. Much easier. No, I agree. I've, I've said it for ages. It's just I've, it's good to get your point on it because, yeah, it seems to me that 
obviously a pass for the boys from England go up and stuff. They don't really look in the map, but yeah, you've got guys down in Glasgow that have never been north of Springburn and think it's the end of the world when you know it's only a short trip up the road. So it's good to good to hear your point on that. Yeah, no, it's 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 much easier. It's not it's not easy, but it's easier. So the two we've announced so far, um, both I think were unexpected. They seem to come out of left field a wee bit. Um, so how did those two transfers come about? We have to get players who perhaps other they've either taken a wrong turn in their career, or they're at a different fork in the road, or um, we have we have you know uncovered. You know, look, look at David Carter. You know, Morpeth Town. You couldn't get more left field than that, right? Um, Morpeth Town, and uh, see, John Robertson and I drove down in one day. On a bank holiday Monday, which made it even more of a pain in the arse as soon as you crossed the border, you know what the traffic was like. And drove all the way to Morpeth and all the way back in one day to see this, this ginger-haired guy who has been recommended by our scouting system down there. And uh, and then met David after the match. Uh, and he, and he, he won player of the year, player, you know, man of the match. He, he won the penalty that they got scored the penalty, they were presented with a league at the end of the game. And we're like, ah, yeah, we like, we like this boy. He, we think he can do the job. That was through David McCreary, you know, the ex-man you in uh, uh, Newcastle and... Uh, Northern Ireland, isn't it? Northern Ireland, uh, yeah, stalwart. Yeah, he's got his allegiance, hasn't he, David? Yeah, McCreary's yeah, And his son, son Nicky, who's, who's a great guy uh, as well. So, so I think most of our signings kind of have to be left field. If we are in a bidding war, with a club in the central belt, we will lose for all the reasons that we say. Because even if we offer the same wage or 150 quid a week more, they don't have to leave their house. They don't have to, they don't have to sell their house for, and, and move up here for a one-year contract or a two-year contract. The wife doesn't have to leave their job. Kids don't have to leave their school. So if we're in any bidding wars with teams in the central belt, we will lose out. Austin Samuels, we worked our tails off to get Austin Samuels. Um, nobody would have expected us to sign Austin, right, from Wolves. We did a deal with Wolves to sign him permanently. He was still under contract, and we worked really hard, um, particularly Robbo, um, to, get, to get a deal done. Um, you know, and, and so I think most of our signings are. Uh, if you look back, I don't think there's any went, well, that's, that was an obvious one. Apart from you know our, our own local players, I don't think there's any that have been particularly obvious, and it has to kind of carry on because we've got to find the other ones that are they're not looking at them, and we managed to kind of sneak in and get them. They're not hidden gems; they're there. You've got to find players that you think will fit your system, will fit your squad, fit your dressing room, and more importantly, because they're here, they actually wanted to come here. They wanted to make the commitment. And come here. Because once they get here, great. You know, absolutely great. People love it. Difficulty is getting them here. Because if they get an offer down the road, they can still see all the mates that they see. You know, so it's, so, so it's tricky. So um, I think the sign-ins, I take your point. I think I understand that there, there, there would be that. But we're not, you know, we're not going to be in for Raheem Sterling. We're going to have to go and find, you know, somebody else that, that's an exclu- exclusive to the Rhinos shuffle there. We're yeah. not in for Raheem Sterling. I can confirm exclusively. <laughs> Sky Sports ticker is going along now. So, <laughs> Billy doesn't see him fitting into our system. 
So having kind of discussed all that, how many more signings can we expect this summer and what positions are, are we prioritising? We lost, you've got to also factor in the fact we've lost Shane and Tom Walsh for, you know, probably, possibly, main part of the season, forthcoming season. Um, two terrible injuries. Um, so you've got, you've got a situation where we, two of our best players, Shane, top scorer, um, and uh, Tom, who was coming on unbelievably at the end of the season, uh, we're losing losing both of them. We've got we've not just got to bring in new players that would bolster the squad as you would expect to happen when you lose Reese and Logan, uh, you know Kirk, Joe, Sam, even. Um, we're also going to be looking at that number of players to to come in to bolster the squad. But you're also going to look to two of your best players, or have been your best players, are out. So we clear to us we needed to strengthen at the back. Um, we need to uh, we need we need wingers. So we need wide players and we need the strikers. Particularly we need you know target man. Uh, because we've got two fantastic uh, players that, you know, you need to be able to change your shape sometimes. You need to be able to have someone for them to play off of as well. Because uh, so, so for us, it was... Uh, so there will, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll confirm another signing before the weekend. Uh, but, you know, we're, that's the positions we're looking at. Midfield, we're pretty good. Um, and we're obviously going to look to bring in um, some young blood from our, you know, ever-performing academy um, as well. So we'll be looking to bring a few players in from the academy uh, onto full-time contracts, and then we'll look to bring in uh, other players. But uh, we have a trialist with us just now uh, who is uh, Irish, who at the moment looks fantastic. Oh, that'll be, that'll be, oh, cause he is sort of Irish. Is it Aidan McGeady? Uh, no, <laughs> I can exclusively reveal uh, we're not looking at Aidan McGeady either. <laughs> I mean, he is, we don't uh, he, is, he is Irish, and his name ends in Y. Is it Raheem or Sterling? No. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about young players. Just before that, uh, Andrew goes on his next question. Um, I, th- I thought Hyde's been Lewis Hyde's been great when he's when he's appeared in games, mm-hmm. and so he'll presumably be a big part of the of the first team, even more so next season. I hope so. Speaking to him, listen, what an attitude. What an attitude uh, the boy has. Uh, you know, him, uh, Lewis Nicholson, Ethan, Harry, uh, all the boys, in fact. Uh, attitude is tremendous. You know, no, no one's sulky. Everyone works really hard. Um, but Heidi, it's a big season for Heidi. Yeah, big season for Heidi. It's it's a, are you gonna are you gonna step up? Um, but he's got every he's got every chance. Uh, he's got the assets, um, and as I say, his attitude. And he's every time he, you see him when he comes back from summer, he's bigger and stronger. <laughs> um, and he's got that. Uh, I, th- I think he's got a right chance. But it's a big season, and things can happen with young players, and you know, and. Uh, Systems and, and all that sort of stuff, but, but yeah, I, I hope so. I hope I hope is I hope. You know, I, I I told them that. Told them 
tell you exactly what I told him, but we had a laugh the other day. I'm saying, this is it, son. This is your season. This is it. Um, and uh, I, hope, I hope he does, because I, I, I like him. Scott, quick one before you why ask this question. Sorry to hijack this one. Um, a lot of fans were asking if it was a possibility about Reese McAleer staying. I know he's got a good move to Tranmere. Was that ever on the cards? Was there ever an offer put out? Or Yeah, yeah. if we stayed up, we were talking to him for months. Uh, but it was all about if we, we obviously he didn't know what was happening with Norwich and then it was a, um, if we stayed up sorry if we went up uh, I think we had a right good chance yeah uh, if we went up right. we had a right good chance but we knew if we didn't that we had no chance right okay we're cutting dry is that then yeah don't yeah. go up we don't get yeah. okay because yeah. we knew the offers that he had uh, that were coming in and then of course live on Sky Sports a woman does what he does yeah, uh, and and you know after that game, and I had a beer after that game, and I said, well, if we don't go up, he's fucking definitely going to somebody else now because the whole country was watching that and going, excuse my French, mm-hmm. but because it was outstanding. So you're, there's no way a young lad, 20 years old, <clears throat> I back up, I back up Billy Dodds. What a team Scotland must have if Reese McAleer cannot get in even another three ones. Yeah. Yep. I, 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 yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible to imagine, and I will laugh out loud if he gets selected uh, the next squad uh, when he's because he's signed for Tranmere. He's not Inverness because I find it unfathomable. You know, same as Billy. Uh, so, I mean, last question really on transfers. It's just obviously we're not now paying Kurt Broadfoot and um, Michael Gardine's contract's not being paid anymore. So. Is there money that is that money available now to go back and uh, kind of wages? And are you sort of targeting a bit of experience similar to last season as well to kind of bolster the, the young players? Yeah, um, yes, and yes. Um, our, our budget hasn't um, gone down at all, so um, we want to be in the Premier League. It's hard for us as a business, it's hard for us with our crowds. During the 11 game spell, we were losing money at home games, it's terrible. That puts pressure on the manager's position as much as it, as much as um, the noise, more than the noise on social media and in the press does because when you're losing money at home games, you're in, you're in a hole, especially a club our size. So that probably has a bigger impact. You know, every penny is a prisoner for Cali. So we had to, we had to uh, look at the, the budget for next season and we have, as I say, the budget's not, get, not going down uh, a penny. And um, and I hope we can be creative enough, uh, do some things. I hope the things we're working on, the other things off the field, will be able to give us a, a boost as well. Because our crowds are pretty much going to be the same, if I'm being honest. You know, our season ticket numbers are pretty much the same. Our walk-ups are pretty much the same. Uh, we're working hard on that. Um, but not enough that you can plan or budget at the beginning of the season to say, well, We'll up our crowds by 20% before we're going to use this in the budget. We've got to do the other thing as well. Intelligent land investment side, um, other projects that we're working on outside of the, outside of the football um, to fund our uh, premiership challenge. Let's just finish up on, on transfers. Uh, there will be one question that some people are, are asking. We need to ask it. We're here. We'll ask the, the tough questions today. Um, there's going to be players coming in. Are you expecting players to move out? Are you expected players to move on? Uh, we're not expecting. We're not expecting it. But um, one of the one of the 
downsides of having a good run and signing good players is that you, they, they're flagged up to other clubs. Um, so the fortunate situation is that no one is out of contract. That uh, you know we 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 wanted we would have kept Reese. That wasn't possible. We would have kept Logan. That wasn't possible. Other boys that like Joe was just getting match fit towards the end, getting getting. Uh, but no one's on the uh, so so it, it's it's within our gift is the answer to that whether someone leaves us or not. Um, have you have you had any bids in for anyone in the summer? Um, we haven't had a single bid for uh, a first team regular. Right. right. There's been some interest in younger players, younger younger players. Uh, we haven't had a single bid for a first team uh, player. So um, not a one. We we turned down a number of offers for Robbie D's. You know. Yeah. Uh, last last uh, January, um, that's that's the, that's the name that, that's on fans' lips. That's the that's most worrying, isn't it? Who who people are expecting that there's bids in for? Yeah, I mean, you single, say none, so. Not a single one. Not a, I'm, 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 well, you know me. I, I would if if we had, I'd be dancing around us. We haven't yeah. had. No, no, I appreciate that. No, that's not she. Somebody doesn't. But we're not expecting it, but it could happen. You know, it wouldn't be a surprise if it happened for him or others. We have others. We have other clubs sniffing around younger players. When you talk about clubs sniffing around younger players, that would presumably be some of your top Premier League clubs, clubs to to add to their under twenty three teams. The quality players that we have would would it be that sort of situation? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, right. because, because, if, for instance, the Youth Cup uh, semi-final against Hearts, the team did so well last season. These clubs have seen how good these players are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Good show. And 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 younger. Yeah. Just my point, Scott. Is if we missed out on any maybe Dodgy's top three, five targets, are they still up in the air? Have they went elsewhere? Have you had to reshuffle? We were one bid turned down, and he signed for somewhere else in England. Okay. And player, player in England, who signed for an English player. That was turned down. He, I wouldn't have said he was in. He he let frog. We we were made avail, We were made known that he was available at the very last minute. We got a bid in. We matched the bid of the English team. We decided to stay there. Is this, uh, this a, tra- a transfer fee? Uh, no, he was out of contract. We just he was a free. But we matched the offer that he had from the English club. Uh, we, we matched it to the penny. Right. And, uh, so. But he had kind of leapt frog into the, that sort of top three, four, because all of a sudden he became available. We were, yep. and 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 we went, um, we went big and quick to try and derail the deal that he was about to sign yesterday morning. <laughs> so we yeah. tightened, we 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 made our uh, pitch. But no, that's the only one. Other ones, yeah. it's all the discussion and negotiation that we're we're in. I mean, it sounds like I think. Before I realised how long the injuries would be for for Shane and for yeah, I forgot about those two. Walsh, yeah. I thought you know we maybe get four or five, maybe six players, probably five players in. And now you're talking about them, we might need seven or eight players. So I assume we're going to be seeing a lot more additions, and they'll come in through the League Cup games. And obviously, it'll be frustrating for the manager, but you know we might not be seeing a team that we're going to recognise for a you know the first ten games of the league campaign until maybe the league starts. Scott, yeah, well, it's it's tricky for us because we need to start well. 
Um, I, w- I would like us to, you know, have a better go at the cup. So would Billy. I uh, would like to have a better go at the the, the, the league cup you know, than we did last season. But Billy was just new into the position then, yeah. uh, and you know we didn't we didn't well, we just didn't you know we didn't just didn't do well. But we, we want to do better, and um, so there's a balance there. And you want to start better because we think the league's up for grabs, absolutely up for grabs this season again. No reason why we don't go and win it at all if we get the right players in. Okay, well, that's as good a line as any to finish that on. Uh, Up next, we're going to talk about the match day experience at Cali Stadium. Okay, let's move on to one of the two big ones, uh, the match day experience. One of the, one of the key things that the fans uh, want to talk about having, you know, we, we put something on CTO, put things on Twitter. They've asked everybody's opinions, asked everyone's questions. They want to talk about the match day experience. So when we spoke a couple of years ago, Scott, pre-COVID, you, you came on the podcast. Um, I asked what you thought about the fan experience at Cali Stadium, having only been in the job for a, a, a few months. Uh, and you thought about it for a second and then you were bluntly honest to be fair to you, and you said, you know, verbatim, you said, grim. I think it is grim. So what's, what are your plans to improve it? And obviously those have been put in the back burner a little bit with COVID and, and the various uh, factors. But is it even within your purview and power to improve it, having been in the job for three years now? I think it was, uh, I was uh, telling the truth then, I think in, cert- in certain days, uh, it still is grim. Um, we we need money to improve the fan experience, and uh, things were kind of put in the back burner uh, for COVID and everything else because we you know we've been striving to to reduce our losses from nine hundred and fifty thousand uh, pounds to where we are around about two hundred thousand, uh, give or take, just now, and be competitive. Uh, but at the same time, it's supposed to be leisure. It's supposed to be entertainment in the, on and off the field. Uh, we've had hell of a job in relation to catering, for instance, and chaos with not able to get staff, not able to get anyone wanting to take on a contract for a for the championship with the crowds that we have for an hour before, you know, uh, two o'clock to three o'clock, and then a little spell for twenty minutes for our numbers to get people in. And I think we're going to have to bite the bullet a little bit on that and try, uh, which we've discussed, be more creative and bring in third-party vendors uh, to uh, see if that, well, it will certainly improve the offering. Uh, So if we can bring in third-party vendors, it means that we don't make much of any money when we do that. Um, because they take the, the revenue. Even us getting, we've had half our youth team working in the kiosk. We can't get staff. Like everyone else in the Highlands and uh, casual staff is really problematic. But I think the offering has to improve. And I think the only way for us to do it is bring in third parties. Um, if we can if we can get them uh, more in the winter uh, because they're not doing summer festivals and everything else. Because you've got some fantastic offerings out there you could bring in hog roast type stuff, and I say that as a vegetarian for all my life. But there's fantastic offerings that you can bring in, but it's actually making it attractive enough for them to say, yeah, we're going to get out and we're going to be there for 
you know, the crowd doesn't come in at two o'clock, so you got a couple of thousand people uh, at a push, um, and that's who they got to sell to for 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 best part of an hour and a half. Because people then, uh, if you count if you count half time, so it's tricky, um, and I think we're going to need to push more uh, or push that more once we have our finances in a better position, which we hope will be the case in the autumn, if our, if our things go go to plan. Um, so I'm, I'm just talking about catering on that front at, the, at this moment, because I think that's part of the fan experience. I think it's uh, not been good enough, but it's not for want of trying um, with the staff that we have and with the budget that we have. In relation to other things that we have to do, we, we're, we're looking to sell all the gym equipment and concourse, because that was a hangover from uh, COVID when all the gyms were closed. We're, look, we're, we're trying to get uh, a brand kitting out at the brand new gym building. We want to put some sort of covering over the west. Um, we want to try and keep, I know it's jumping a bit, but we want to keep the young team, Section 94. Um, some of the, you know, a few of the days they were there when it was just torrential rain and they weren't moving. It was, <laughs> they were just standing there. Um, it was tremendous effort. We want to get a cover in there, but we've got to be able to afford it and do it properly. We had a company come in to look at it, and it just was not practical um, to do it. I think we need the cash from our external uh, things that will allow us the luxury of being able to improve the experience. And quite at the second, I'm hoping, um, as I say, by the autumn we'll be able to do that. Which when it, and that's when I talk about it becoming grim because in the winter, if the wind's blowing and it's really cold, you want to be able to give a better offering. There's, there was many, many worse stadiums than Cali Stadium in the, in in the spring and the summer um, uh, to be in, um, but we've got to do better. And um, I take all the criticism that we deserve. We just we can only do so much, and I've got to prioritise slightly differently to make that better is the honest answer to that. But I need, I need to be able to do it with. That's why we're working so hard off the field to try and to raise the revenue because it's not going to come in through the gates. Mm-hmm. And it's chicken and egg. Until we make it great, you have less people likely to come. Because so that was a really good experience. Um, youngsters, for instance, we had six primary schools at the playoff final. It's the most we've ever had. And... Uh, we want to keep that going because I thought the atmosphere was just tremendous with youngsters. Youngsters bring an energy and a, it's the hardest thing for us to get in. So we've got to work harder on that. And uh, But no, we need to do better. And we will do better. I'm hoping before Christmas we will be much better. But I need cash. I can't, I can't pull it out of my backside. And I can't... We, we're not going to get it from our season ticket sales. They're, they're amazingly loyal. Uh, say we went, our season ticket numbers went up last season, uh, which is not many did uh, across the across the football world. Um, but we're still talking about numbers that don't allow you to make huge yeah. Yeah. Uh, infrastructural impact. I think that I think that answers quite a lot of the questions that we had from ourselves and from uh, some of the listeners, uh, gents. No, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think someone mentioned about the gym equipment, which you've uh, brought up, Scott. I think some some people mentioned about. Maybe tarting up some of the stairwells, getting some MDF ups, maybe some sort of 
even pointing to sale as well, advertising offers and getting some maybe memorable pictures up just to make it, I mean, aesthetically pleasing. So that was something that's been brought up before. Yep. That's what, that's, that, that kind of stuff is, is more in our uh, gift uh, than bigger, bigger structural things at the moment. But everything we're working towards is pointing us towards we will be able to do it. We just, there's no fast forward button, but we're talking months, not years. Talking months, not years. It was a couple of games towards the end of the season. Obviously, we had big, big attendances, and the flow in the main stand, the the, the flow of supporters in the main stand, was the worst I've ever seen it. Um, because there was only one stairwell open, um, it was essentially almost a crush on the stairs. And I was looking to take my, you know, I'm not just saying this. Uh, what if I was looking to take my three year old next? Season? I am looking to take my three year old next season to your first game. So um, my brother sits in the main stand. I would like to sit in the main stand with my three year old. I wouldn't take her if I've got to navigate that, those stairs and that number of people and that crush. Um, and bear in mind, it's not a huge number of people, but it's really uncomfortable for you know, an adult. It's going to be horrendous for a child. What's the issue with both stairwells not being open? Is that, is that something to do with security? Is that something to do with the, um, the, the pie stand, which doubles as the, doubles as the, as the, as the, as the as pub before the game? What, what's the situation there, Scott? Because there's a few no, other people have commented as well. I think I think uh, I, w- I wasn't aware of it until after. Um, right. That shouldn't happen. That game it won't be happening. Any games going forward um, as an operational thing in relation to. Uh, I won't go into it. I point any fingers, but it was an operational thing, and it won't happen again. The the the, the sports bar only in the last couple of games came back into it from not being a dressing room. Literally, with two games to go. Uh, we said, we said, right, we're going to... And, and then, because it had been run in a certain way when it wasn't, when it was a dressing room, people thought, certain people within the, within the operation of a match day thought that that was the same again, no one could get down there, when that was not the case. So it was a, it was a cock-up and not a... Right. Uh, it, it just shouldn't happen, it won't happen again. Okay. It's just, I don't know about the land, Scott, in terms of... Um... How we can facilitate that, but you sort of touched on third party, and I, I spoke to you about this before: is making it more attractive for fans to be down the stadium a lot sooner than than quarter to three or five to three, and trying to maybe work with, as you said, hog roast local vendors, and yeah, maybe just expanding that. that. Is, it, is there a possibility of using we, the space we're gonna, there? We're looking. Well, the the law comes into it as well, as you know. The yeah, law comes in. License laws and stuff. Yeah, we 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 have very interesting, uh, and we're hoping to do some almost use this as a pilot, although the law is different. We're working, obviously, in the Glasgow Warriors, Worcester Warriors game, in, uh, which is on Friday night, the September the 2nd, which, again, we're just trying to sweat the asset. We're just trying to make the, trying to oh, get the club more money. Um, but we're looking at a fan zone there because it's a festival of rugby and they're allowed to walk, you know, allowed to have, sit and have pints at the yep. game. Yep. Um, but what we want to do is try and use, use that as a, as a to say, look at this. I know that clubs in the past have had, um, you know, I think St Mirren had one, uh, like a fan zone where they had a, a mixed area, fans could go in. Uh, it was like a huge marquee type, like a balloon type of thing, and we were able to go in there and have drinks together. And then, then they would go in the game, you still couldn't get a bevy in the game. But um, because, because that's too much. But I think um, the current state of the North and South car park um, don't particularly lend themselves. Um, I'm talking about the ground conditions. Yep. However, 
Uh, we believe that within 12 months that both of those situations are going to be completely different um, with, the, with the things we're working on. So mm -hmm. uh, at that stage, then it is a possibility, but, it, but I think we're going to, I don't think we're going to work, we're going to have this game and we'll say we're working on fan zones and uh, being able to have drinks and, and uh, offerings on the night. So a summer festival of late summer festival um, with this, with, you know, the English Premier League team in, the, in Glasgow, in a Premier League team, yep. working with the SRU and that. And I would like to take that almost as a template and say, look what we did. Yep. And there was no issues. Now, the argument will be, I'm sure, projecting it's rugby game, it's not a football game, but I'd like to take it as a template because we've not done it where that happens and then you go into the ground. So it'd be a good way of us testing this type of thing. What we'd like to do is show, look at this, why could we not do this? Yeah. Uh, especially in the championship. No, agreed. No. So, that, so, so what the, 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 the Glasgow rugby game is one of, is, is we're looking at that as some sort of template of what we'd like to do going forward. Ingress, what the hell? How you do you know about yourself? For shitty weather, drugs and business, Inverness is a fucking business. Okay. Well, let's move on to, to fan engagement. We obviously appreciate your calendar with regards to match day experience. Um, and it looks like there's going to be some movement on that, hopefully. Uh, let's move on to fan engagement, as I say. Here's a, here's a direct quote from a fan. Direct quote from somebody, I think, commented on CTO. Um, the communication with fans is very poor. We were told a few seasons ago that it was something the club wanted to improve on, but if it wasn't for the whiny shuffle, lads, we'd be more in the dark. Now, I didn't write that. <laughs> AY didn't write that. Stevie didn't write that. Sub didn't write that. Very nice of him to say. Um, we just chat about the games. Um, do, do you agree with his statement, Scott? Yes and no. Um, I think we, be honest, and I can be right up to date as well because we got an email yesterday or today, I can't remember which one because the concert's on 12 hours a day, but um, we looked, we went to engage with a, with a fan group, as we know, and the supporters' trust, we hoped, would be, you know, sort of official supporters' trust would be the sort of conduit for fans. And fan groups are very difficult, but you have to try. And because someone always says, well, they're, you know, we had, some of yourselves on and say, well, they're just, you know, they're in the fan group, so they're not really representing the fans. You know, and I watch it with other clubs. I'm an Iraq with this thing with other clubs as well. You know, in, in, in most of the clubs, well, every other club I've been at, the Supporters Trust is a, huge, is, is a huge voice within your supporters. And it's relative in recent numbers. It's a huge voice within your supporters, whatever your team is. And our Supporters Trust was not. We had a couple of good people involved there, and Peter Martin was a chairman who did, you know, a sterling job. There's no members, there was no engagement from a sports trust. If you went on the Cali uh, forum uh, online, if they put anything up, there was like zero replies. There was nothing, so it didn't exist, and 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 we just stopped it because we, without having a go, because but we we talked openly with Peter and said it doesn't exist. It's just a name. The, the, the supporters trust is there to, to help support the club, to be a conduit for communications and say, we're not happy with this. And the club to be able to say, okay, we'll try and do that. Or the club to say, can you help us with this project? We want to do covering for that stand. But they just didn't have the, 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 the numbers 
or it seemed the engagement. Um, so other, that's why I immediately started engaging with yourselves from kind of day one, um, because I saw yourselves as a better way uh, of being able to have a discussion like this and chats like this and get it out there um, than I could with the supporters' trust or any other group, because there's not other groups there. So well, we you, you, you have a good relationship with the Section 94 as well. We should put that Section 94, we got them in and uh, we see them all the time. I mean, I would say there wouldn't be four weeks where we, wouldn't have, we never had a meeting with Section 94. There would not be four weeks that we didn't have a, a meeting with them. Sometimes I wanted to kick them up the arse, uh, but we, want, we knew what we all wanted to do. We wanted to create an area which would, which would generate atmosphere, that would generate support for the team, um, that would get more youngsters wanting to come along, saying, I want to stand in there. I was like that when I was young, and I wanted to go where the big boys were. And uh, so Section 94, we, we engaged very, very quickly, and we did our best to help them, and we continue to do that. Sometimes, you know, we're not angels, but, you know, we've got to manage that situation and, and they have to respect us and we have to respect them. But we've got to, we've got to be fair to one another. Um, and so far, so good. You know, so far, so good. We had some, we had some uh, teething issues at a couple of games and stewarding. Um, but there was good reasons for that. We never came out and slaughtered them and never came out with statements and said this happened and that's why that when we're getting slaughtered on, uh, online ourselves for look at all the stewards and we didn't say, well, here's why. <laughs> so communications is what's too much and what's too little. We, and, and what are the conduits to do it? So I think you guys are uh, a, a good conduit because you've worked hard at it and uh, your num numbers have kept growing all the time. And I think it's, and it's seen as, uh, no, you're not giving people easy times, or it's, you're asking the questions that need to be asked. Supporters Trust just have have changed the board, and they've asked uh, to have a, a meeting. Gordon Fife is the SLO, uh, who's on the board, um, and Gordon um, and I were copied into an email yesterday saying, "Can we have a meeting?" So there'll be the Supporters Trust. We'll be sitting down with them and say, "What? Well, let's let's help us communicate." But they've got to have. A, a body of members, or else they're not communicating to anybody. It's just a name. So they need to get their members up, and I know they've been working hard on that. Yourselves is a way in the modern game, in the modern world, that you go out. I, I, I can't tell you how many podcasts I've got in here. You know, endless. And, I, and they're a feature of my life. During the night when I can't sleep, I'm listening to the price of football, uh, like an idiot, or uh, all, sorts of different, all sorts of different things. Well, I've got, I've got a point, and um, I'm not blowing smoke up your backside before some questions come in, but I think you made a point of having a, a meeting in the Cali Club, and you put it out there, it was advertised, and I think the turnout wasn't great. So in terms of the club trying, I think the club have, but I think maybe, can we, we look at it? Trying, but we need to keep trying, and we will, but the Supporters Trust and yourself is, and, and Section 94, that's the three groups. What I don't want to be is top of the statement league again. During the Dundee vote thing, we were kind of top of the statement league because we were always yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a there's a there's a fine line between communicating. Um, 
how, how about a quarterly this, like a quarterly Zoom, or a, a, a every half Zoom where it's compared to Liam? So we're not going to it's not going to be a free for all where you're going to get a couple hundred people shouting over the top of each other, where everyone's on mute and we can have pre-approved questions. So maybe yeah. some of the guys, younger guys that maybe wouldn't, wouldn't go to the Cali Club on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night, whenever that was, do it over this medium. It's, it's cheap to do. We it. Do both, but we could do both. Yeah. We could do. Yeah, you could look at both as well. Could, could Stevie, even if you didn't want to do that, and people don't want to give up the evenings to attend like an AGM type or a quarterly meeting, the update that the club and yourself put out in the uh, the Morrison put up at the end of the last the end of the season, you know, on the, on the website, that was a great update. Mm-hmm. That you know, that, the players that are normally clubs just go, here's the retained list, here's the players that are leaving. You guys did a huge spiel about what's going on with the club and I think that was appreciated by a lot of people and I think if you did that more often as you see that is within your gift and that's an easy win yeah I think I think we I think they both are good suggestions I think we can do a quarterly zoom I think we can do a quarterly Cali club because the different demographics go to the Cali yeah mm-hmm. and, and we can look at a quarterly like we were talking about with the season our targets for winning the league <laughs> Is quarterly. Yeah. Review the quarter. So I think I, I will. Uh, I think that's all fair. I think that's a good idea. And let's. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, put someone up saying we're going to do that. That's. And I will give uh, yourselves obviously the good credits. Uh, following days of discussions, we've agreed to do this. Yeah. If it goes, if it goes tits up, it's nothing to do with, right? Yes. The four, <laughs> the four horses of the wineless apocalypse need us. <laughs> Hey, why? So, you got a couple? I think, I mean, Scott more or less dealt with that. I, I, I can ask the question, but you'll probably want to be diplomatic about it, which is just, you know, we've talked about the supporters groups sort of being historically sort of atomized, you know, kind of little kind of things like the supporters just here and groups there. But Section 94 seem to be the first group that really got kind of momentum and they seem to be really sort of proactive. Do you find that easier to deal with? You think that maybe some of the, the older supporters who are maybe just. I, I, I don't know, they may be less, less proactive and they're just waiting for you to do something. You know, do you find that... No, no it's, it's not easier. I think it's a good point. I don't think it's easier. It's just different. Um, and I think the game's changing and the demographic of supporters is changing. Um, I think, the, you know, the Away Supporters Bus, uh, Away Supporters Association, should I say, is, uh, is very good and extremely loyal. Um, I think our away support is getting bigger and better every every season. Our away support is getting bigger and better. Um, and the section ninety four type scenario helps that because because you need youngsters, you need you need you need youngsters to to take it on. And noise makes it more more fun. Any ground you go to, or if you're in your end and you're noisy, it's more fun. It's more fun as a football fan. We need the help. We need active groups, active supporters to help us. Um, Scott, how much money have the supporters trust raised to the club in the last three years that you've been in, in charge? I couldn't put a number on it, but it's not a lot. It's not a lot. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I think I think, I think that's what his fans need to realise is supporters trust, we're, we're probably one of the few clubs that supporters trust makes minimal money to the club. And I'm not saying that we expect them to make millions, but I think... It's a great there that we don't engage with fans, but again, they've got to do a bit more. Just point, just them. just point out for the listeners that we don't raise money for the supporters trust. No, either. we're not. We're so not a supporters we, trust. So. The, the four, the four of us have, have, have don't have very big pockets. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I, but but I don't want to give the supporters trust kicking. But it's only asking about the question was about engagement, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's only certain avenues to engagement. Your supporters trust is normally a huge avenue to engagement. Yep. At, at, at Hearts, the foundation of Hearts was a huge avenue to engagement. 
But Dundee, they had the DSA, the D, uh, DCSS. Uh, there was three different organisations. Uh, there was a huge, that was a huge avenue, three huge avenues to, to engagement, the DSA. Uh, this is a, this is a completely wider discussion about the makeup and the demography or, and, yeah. and the social differences between people who live in the Highlands and Inverness, between people and, and in a city that ostensibly isn't a footballing city, as opposed to Dundee and Edinburgh and Glasgow and Central Belts and working class. That's one of the main things, right? That's one of the main things. Yep. And the team, we're only getting to that now. It wasn't a granddad's team, great granddad's team, and great granddad's team. So we're only getting to that now. We're only getting to that second yeah, generation. Yep. Second generation of supporters were, so it's not fair also on Inverness uh, supporters, ICT supporters, to be compared to Dundee and Hearts and Rangers no. and, uh, and, 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 and the likes of that. So it's not fair. So I, I don't want to do that. But we're getting towards that. And that's why you've got Section 94. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're dads. Yeah. I, I think Stevie's the father of at least three of them. Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alpins, the Sicilian, the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jocksters, Dimes of Gallons, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Slaughters, Love to Love, King Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Peepees, Jeepees, Gunnies, Rileys, Burgies, Kilmore, Hoop, and Annies. Mailbag. Um, we, the postman's been. Uh, and he's, he's delivered a bulging sack. Many, many people wishing to speak to you, Scott, wishing to pose questions to you um, that we ha- actually haven't covered so far. And we've covered quite a lot. So um, before, uh, before let's, let's move over to, uh, to the mailman today. And that's, that's Andrew Young. He's with his postman's hat, his little satchel um, full of emails that he's printed off. Little satchel's quite an <laughs> insulting euphemism. <man. laughs> Is that not a rapper? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. that would be Lil Satchel, I think. Uh, Lil Satchel. Um, yeah, we covered actually some of the some of the big topics that people were asking about were the fan engagement, um, the West End roof, and uh, the match day experience, and we've we've covered all that. So thanks to the people for those questions. Um, but we also got a few kind of pretty specific ones, so I'll just kind of go through some of those. So. First one uh, was from Ross Patterson on Twitter, who asks, "Is there any update on?" kind of women's football and the community complex at the IRA? So we had to, things kind of got put on ice because of the council elections, because the council, it's the council city committee that has to vote on um, our proposal to take on uh, the Royal Academy sports grounds. So in that meantime, what we've been doing, John Robertson has been working on it almost exclusively. He's been working on, we've had three different companies in looking at the groundwork, which is potentially required, because as you know, it's like a lake uh, during, you know, any, any amount of rain. Uh, we've, we've got uh, quotes in from all, from all sorts of different companies in relation to uh, uh, structures on the, on the grounds of the, uh, uh, the actual sports grounds themselves. And uh, we've been speaking to, John had a meeting this morning with Sports Scotland because we're looking to fund this via grants. Um, And we had meetings, stroke discussions last night with the SFA uh, because there's funding coming to the SFA via the Department of 
Culture, Sport and Media. I think that's at DCSM. Uh, there's, there's funding coming from there for that as well. And our women's uh, and girls uh, groups are, are so successful that we've had to put, like, create a waiting list because uh, we don't have enough coaches. So we now have over uh, 200 women and girls in our uh, female uh, section. Uh, of, the, of the football club, but we have um, the support of Lacardal uh, Community Council, the support of, uh, of Slack Bowie Community Council, uh, the support of the Royal Academy Parent Council. Uh, we have a letter of support from uh, the SWF, which is the S, which is the women's, uh, it's the title for the, the SFA, but the women's uh, side of that. Um, we've got support from uh, Drew Henry, uh, MP, Donna Manson, Chief Executive of the Council. But we're waiting on the, now that the City Committee to be formed so uh, that we can do that. Linda Stewart, who's the, who's the wife of uh, the MP stroke MSP, David Stewart, um, she's joined the Community Trust. She, her, her job was uh, securing uh, grants from the EU uh, when the uh, UK was in the EU. She joined us because it's a specific skill set we didn't have for applying for uh, grants. Um, you know, it's a, it's a specific skill set. She, she got, was very successful at that, very highly thought of in that field. So Linda's going to be helping us on that front. We're, so we're, we, we are, we have Nikki Grant, who's the, who's the Managing Director of Education Highland Council, who's fully behind us uh, as well. She's ex played 98 times for Scotland. Um, won the FA Cup with Arsenal and uh, although she's a Spurs fan um, the, is, is fully behind us so we, it, is, it is moving on at the moment it feels like a snail's pace and I had to say to John don't get so frustrated right now because the wheels of Highland Council turn slowly and uh, we are champing at the bit to get it to get it to the next stage so we've done a ton, a ton of work um, and we're ready to go to our uh, our fully formal business case, um, but we are more than quietly confident this will go ahead. We just have to we have to get things uh, through and approved democratically, as is the process. But we think it's going to be amazing. Honestly, I think it's going to be amazing. Can um, I just say, as a, as, a, as an ex IRA pupil, uh, I scored my only goal for the school on the pitch that they're planning building it on. So. I thought you were going to say something else there. I'm glad oh, you said uh, that. was an own goal as well, though, Scott. I was going to mention that. wasn't scoring when I was 16 anyway. Um, <laughs> the header in the top corner. There you go. My only hey, hey, that's any header. Hey. It was a header. I know, it was a header. Ah, ah, Thank God. Ah, I know. The midgets team. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. ghost again behind. It'll be amazing. Ghost again behind the defender's kneecap, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Did and, you not play for the school team? Oh no. <laughs> so James Hay um, asks if any further considerations have been given to a membership scheme. Uh, he's a supporter who isn't based in Scotland and doesn't buy a season ticket, but still wants to contribute. You know, he mentioned maybe kind of shop discounts or whatever could be a kind of incentive or reward for that. I, I think if we could get, and, and it sounds like, but if we can get a cohesive plan with something that we can specifically show, if we do this. We can do this. So if this right. is successful, we'll give you this. 
this covering, this, so that the fans are going to benefit from it. It can't be into a black hole. You've got to say, a membership will get us this. Jaggernaut on Califisco Online, he had two questions actually. Firstly, he wanted to know was what happened to the online program on match days, um, but also he wants to know why raffle tickets maybe aren't being pushed a bit more aggressively and suggests maybe setting up a table just immediately inside the turnstiles after you enter. The online stopped when we stopped getting supporters, I think. Uh, I think we stopped for COVID, um, pretty sure. Um, the engagement wasn't uh, massive prior to that, and that's me being super polite, as in we could see obviously who'd, how many people drilled down. Um, so we stopped it then. Um, but I think in the, the raffle, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, I, I will take that on board. Um, who, was, who was it said that, Andrew? Who was it Jagger or not? Right, okay. Can I continue? Was that his surname or Christian? No. Just username. I have no idea. Um, I'm guessing it might be kind of a, you know, taken from Supernaut by Black Sabbath, actually. specific thing actually probably the one that you can probably address directly is they wondered about why there isn't a steward directing traffic out of the car parks because on match days it can be a real sort of a hundred percent hundred percent yeah tease me off the last two games i was going nuts about it because everyone's there at the beginning take three quid especially as the police have started you know getting ticketing people along the side and then and then everyone comes in and goes that's great and Counts money for the trust and goes, that's brilliant. And then it's like the wacky races at the end of the match, showing my age. But we're not, we can't do that anymore. So we're looking to um, uh, take action on that immediately this season because it just does not work and it's unprofessional and it discourages people from parking in there. It causes grief amongst people who should have no grief uh, amongst themselves because somebody's cutting up into somebody else. So we're looking to do that uh, this season because it is a, it, although I'm never in it, you know, I'm standing in the boardroom, but I've had loads of people say to me and, and, and I think it's nonsense. Uh, right. So we're going to try and fix that. Oh, well, sure. People will be happy about that. One thing actually that might help reduce it is phrase or phrase, Fraser on CTO um, asks if the club's going to try and do anything to encourage more active travel to the stadium. He suggests maybe putting bike stands in or something like that. We just put our first bike stands in towards the end of the season. Right. Uh, we're looking to put more in. You know, that, that's I, mean, I remember seeing a guy cycling to the football once, walked his bike up, and I thought, who cycles to the football? <laughs> but obviously, quite, that was a long time ago. But... Yeah, but without, without, a, without a public, again, it beggars belief, but we have no, you know link to the stadium that's run. Uh, I'm talking about anything during the week, anything. It's nonsense. You know, a bus that, uh, the bus stopped in Saturday, Scott, from the station, the one that used to leave about half two. Is that a way to? No, still, that still comes, but that's it. One bus. All right, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know, I agree. It's, yeah, it's nonsense, but I thought we said that, that bus has stopped, but... Look at the marina. The marina's totally detached, so what, we're working on that. I'm on the, the Inverness Futures group with... Um, a number of other really good people and then me, um, really highly educated and the high hegens of, of Inverness uh, 
You know the you know the, the opportunity Cromarty Freeport bid. You may or may not know about that, but you know um, because you've got the Freeports from down south, um, and the, the, Scotland's a little bit late to the party. But opportunity Cromarty Freeport, we're part of that. Inverness Caledonian Thistle Football Club are part of that. We've not mentioned it, but the bid went in this week. Enormous, enormous benefit to the football club on a number of different uh, levels. Um, that's, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of ring fenced money in terms of Freeports, isn't it? Huge. The 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 site we are on from the bridge to the the fence, we are in. We're in. The Freeport bit. Right, um, probably a more straightforward one. Uh, James Brown. Get on down! Get on up! <laughs> get, get on up. I was hoping you'd do that, yeah. <laughs> Appropriately, James Brown asks, will the concerts this summer deliver any financial benefit to the club? Potentially. Yeah. Well, we're still potentially, yeah. It, it was, remember, it was, it was separated so that there could be, there could only be benefit. There could be no loss. Yeah, but it would affect the club if if things went. It's, to it's, yeah. it's tough, but potentially yes, yes, potentially yes. Um, but we won't know till all's said and done, you know. Uh, until the maestro has some time to say goodbye. <laughs> right, I think just two more. Um, Colin McPherson on Twitter says, "Is there any chance of signing Scott Allen?" Ooh, big a lot one! Of people, a lot of people shouted about that. Actually, big yeah, one. I mean, right. Watch his face carefully. I know this could be sent exclusive here. This one is uh-huh. Sterling. There's, there's, there's always a chance, but um, we're not, we're not talking to him just now, though. Ah, uh, okay. listen, Scott is Scott is earning a lot of money. Uh, rightly, yeah. rightly so, rightly so. I thought I thought uh, Neil did a tremendous job. Anton Langley at the moment he loved it, but there's a lot of people in, and he's he's he commands a big salary, um, and it's probably out with our, you know, uh, it's probably out with our budget because he, because we were able to get Scott one because of Neil. Um, yeah, I think that was a big selling point, wasn't it? And two, it was a loan. So, you know, he's got his parent club is carrying the majority of his wage. Okay, so the last one is from the Family Nest on Twitter, and he wants to know, are you still in a WhatsApp group with John Nelms? <laughs> um, well, now we're now Dundee are back in the championship. Uh, 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 yeah, I will be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, old friend. <laughs> yes. um, what are you doing down here? I love Penrose. Will be. Um, he obviously dipped out of it for a year, just a short year. Um, but um, yeah, I'm sure there is a, there is a, there's a WhatsApp group for the Championship. It's like there's a WhatsApp group for the Premiership and Div One and Div you know, Two. Let's let's fast forward uh, twelve months. What about Pippin, Dundee, and John Nelms to the title? That that I mean, you're sipping some sweet cider just now, but come on, can't get sweeter than that. Twelve months from mm-hmm. now, if that happened. Cool. I'll happily pip anybody to the title. Um, I don't. I don't care who we beat to the title as long as we get to the title. Um, honestly, I don't. I don't care. Um, the we're going to make an announcement in the next couple of days about. As I'm hoping, uh, we'll have at least one player before the weekend uh, on a permanent uh, signing. Uh, we will be announcing our new. Our new head of medical, who's I think is terrific, is a real coup for us. 
Okay, let's uh, let's finish up. Let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about the big news. You know, you talk about fan experience. You talk about the stadium. You talk about you know. Let's talk players, new signings. Let's talk about possibly one of the best Cali Thistle strips I have ever seen. A lot of people have ever seen. I don't know if you've ever had a strip like this. Uh, firstly, before you before you go through the process about how you pick the strips, got I mean, as a, as an as, a, as an older gentleman, ay, and as a formal former, former uh, chap, used to live by Kings Mills and go to Kings Mills. What are your thoughts? I just think it's lovely. It looks really classy. It's not just the fact that it's uh, you know it's obviously very very similar to the um, the old Thistle strip. It's just a really really beautiful looking bit of kit. You know what I mean? I really really like those black sleeves in particular. You know, it's it's gorgeous. You know, and I hope it I hope it does really well. You know, it definitely will among the, the kind of the ex jaggies in the sport. But I actually hope it's you know a really really big hit with the sport is all over. So Scott, talk us through the process about the strip. Is this an idea you've had for a while to to, to get the black and white stripes? Or black black and red stripes. We, we we um we looked uh, last season. We had a we had a prototype. Um, we had a number of we had a number of strips sent to us last season. We had one that was like a Liverpool strip, a white one with a red collar, red red trim, like a Liverpool strip from the seventies. You know the Kenny Dalglish type uh, Liverpool strip. We had a we had an all orange kit sent uh, prototype. We had um, we had a we had a, a Milan tip, similar to Milan thistle strip, uh, but we didn't. We didn't like. There was a couple of things we didn't like about it, and um, but that was normally we would wear a park. Our away strip would be a park strip because we don't sell enough strips to justify uh, being able to do a bespoke strip. The pink strip did so well, and I have a really really good relationship with Puma and great guys at Puma, uh, Brian Morley and Russell Thomas, top top guys within the organisation at Puma because um, it's, it's Puma that we're dealing with directly. And uh, so we looked at we looked at the we liked the red and black, but the red wasn't right, and there was a couple of other things we didn't like. And a long story short, was we said, you know, it'd be amazing if we could have a bespoke kit. And uh, but then the, the numbers were, you know, sort of prohibitive for that. So we got to, we had some discussions, and Puma were really really helpful, and we we came up with a kit, as I say, which was a which is a bespoke away kit which we've never had before and the thistle thing um i don't like controversy as you know i don't like to ruffle any feathers at all i'm really calm quiet um about most things but i thought that if anyone wasn't go- anyone who comes to see us now all of that is it's not entirely in the past it's, it's kind of you know it's not a game changer and obviously, there's lots of criticism all the time about too much Cali, too much blue, too much all this all the time. And then, uh, about during COVID, uh, it was actually global. We discovered a box full of things that were league flags, Cali league flags, Caledonian, Inverness, uh, Thistle league flags from 19. 19- 72 i mean huge like huge flags cover the those of you you know cover the boardroom table size uh, proper ships chandler flags and um so it was 50 years since thistle had won the league um this amazing enormous red and black uh, league flag and we looked into it and we discussed and it turned out that 
the only way Thistle could win the league that day was if Cali won. Uh, if Cali won, if Thistle won, Thistle would win the league. Cali were losing 2-0 at half time and ended up winning the game to give Thistle the league title. And we thought, well, that's amazing that actually Cali, you know, the rivals did the thing and then Thistle ended up winning, winning the league. Um, but that wasn't why we were doing it. We just thought it was a it was a really unusual, you know, serendipitous thing to discover that fifty years ago Thistle won the league because of Cali. But with this, but the Puba came up with a, some designs for us. They were, we thought they were fantastic, so uh, we we refined them, and then we got to a deal that we could afford that w- that would allow us to have a bespoke strip, bespoke socks, everything. Um, so the Puma were enormously helpful to do that. And I showed the strip to Davy Mulroy uh, today, uh, and, and I think he was nearly in tears. It was <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny but touching. And uh, and then he said, about bloody time, it's more thistle. But it's not about <laughs> that. But Robbo always has this phrase as well that he said since I came, are we, are we three clubs with one history, are we one club with three histories? Good point. And yeah, I, I think, I think we're we're one club with three histories. Yeah, it's good just shining some 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 uh, spotlight in history because you're right without both. It's it's a bit of heritage. Yeah, Uh, and I'm not going to be wanky and say I just think it's a great looking kit. The fact that it's a thistle kit or similar to a thistle kit um, because it's not thistle. It's 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 ICT. I love that. I love that line. I love that strap mm-hmm. line. One yeah. club, three histories. Yeah, one club, three histories. We, I love we that. did that with the boardroom this year. We, we, we. Get that in the stadium, Scott. That's a, that's a great strap line. It is. I do. Yeah. I think that's superb. I, that's, 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 I mean, without getting marketing here, that's that's a headline of every headed notepaper I would send out. I mean, uh, that's, sorry, it's, yeah, it's, it's the kind of the title of the official biography of the club when it comes out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, rid of that yeah, old stigma about two clubs it, and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, when it's when when I showed the board, everyone was like. Oh God! You know, this upset uh, a whole load of people. Um, and I said, "Who?" Billy Urquhart's just burnt his season ticket. But apart from Billy, <laughs> okay. well, I think that's, I think that's a great a great uh, way to finish the podcast, Scott. Um, so that's all from us for now, everybody. We appreciate you coming on, Scott. We appreciate there were, were some tough questions, um, but there was questions and topics that the fans, you know, they thought and we thought needed to be addressed. And we wouldn't be doing our very much unpaid job if we didn't ask them. So to sign off, could you say to the fans about this, this upcoming season, the players that we had squad, we've got a match to experience with the club's entirety. Why should fans renew your season tickets? Why should fans travel 200 miles for home matches in this in this division that looks quite similar to a number of our seasons that we spent in this division? Travel 200 miles for away matches in this time of financial crisis. What can you promise the Inverness Caledonian Thistle supporters. I I think I think last season we I thought something something a bit different and a bit special was happening in the club. Uh, I thought with the with the establishment of Section ninety four, with the, the sort of burgeoning away support, the you know everywhere we went, everyone was talking about it, the the support that we were getting uh, towards the end of the season. Everyone coming together. Playoff matches were amazing. They weren't included in anyone's season ticket. We, you know, I had to argue about keeping the prices down, which I'll say and tell you another day. Um, and I just think everyone got behind it and everyone saw 
how exciting it could be. And um, everyone had sort of pride in the city and pride in what everyone was trying to do. And I just think we just want to now be able to just take it to the next level. And it, to us, it feels like there's it feels like there's something special. We could be wrong, but it feels like it's going in the right direction. Of course, we can't get everything right. Of course, we a few things, but I think it it feels like we're going in the right direction and coming together a bit more. Um, so I just hope that 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 everyone remembers how that felt in the last few day few games. You know. And 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 we carry that over, and it, we and and how and how hurtful it was not to quite get there, uh, and and so everyone does their bit to try and help us get over the line this time. Thanks, Scott. We're all off to plan the uh, preview pod extravaganza. Um, really appreciate you coming on. Um, as I said earlier, I hope your health is is good now, and you're looking forward to the new season. And uh, is bye from me. Why? Bye. Bye from Stevie. Cheers. Bye from Scott. Good evening, goodbye. And goodbye from myself. Bye for now. Here it is, the groove slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix. And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. Yep, yep!